We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Up next, the latest on the Kansas State Wildcats from the guys of Three Maw, John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Manbeck, who will get you caught up on all the things going down in Manhattan. The latest news, top stories, and insider perspectives to keep you in the know. Make sure to hit the follow button so you don't miss anything. Three Maw is proudly presented by Holiday Distillery and their vast assortment of spirits. And now, the latest episode of Three Maw. Welcome to another Three Maw pod. You might recognize if you're watching on YouTube who we got sitting next to us right now, but color analyst, K-State Sports Network, Stan Weber, entering year 37. Does it does it feel like it's been that long, Stan? No, not at all. Um, it's been so much fun being along on the ride for K-State football that time flies. It's hard to believe it's been that long, but it's been a real joy. And right now, it seems like 444 straight games. And during COVID, we were able to not miss a game and be able to travel with the team. A lot of schools did not travel, did games remotely. So it's been a real joy to bust through and not have to miss a game because of COVID or for any other reason. So the streak continues on and it's, it's so much fun to watch K-State football live. You're like the Cal Ripken of, uh, of radio broadcasting. <laughs> well, my big claim street. to fame is I am the only guy who has been at every one of Bill Snyder's coached football games at K-State in the 27 years of his coaching who has been there at the game live and not missed a play. Yep. I never was at the concession stand. I, I never was uh, running around to the restroom or anything else. I watched every play of the Bill Snyder era. So, you know, what a great joy that has been. Well, we're here at Big 12 Media Days in Jerry World at AT&T Stadium. And, I mean, it kind of signifies that the football season's coming up. It still feels a little bit far away from my liking, Stan. But just how excited are you for the upcoming season, especially coming off the, the Big 12 Championship for K-State? Uh, super excited. I am every year at this yeah. time. Um, obviously, you can be more excited because K-State's expecting to be good. But the adventure that the Wildcats go on and with the quality – of coaching that they've had and the fans' enjoyment, I can't say that any season I'm not super excited. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I get a little football this weekend where they actually are going to tackle each other because the Shrine Bowl, yeah. uh, this will be my 37th Shrine Bowl, and it's the 50th game, and it's just a great state of Kansas celebration. It's so important 
uh, strong legs run so weak legs can walk. It really is true. And so on Saturday, I'll be on TV doing that game. So that really fills it, makes it even more real today as I'm talking to coaches, players, media members sitting on Dallas Cowboys' actual field. This is not the college field, right? Yep. This is not the bowl game for the Cotton Bowl. This is the actual Dallas Cowboys field. We're in the end zone. Uh, it really it makes it even better because I'm really talking some football, but on Saturday I'm going to be broadcasting a game. What what channel can K-State fans and everyone find you on? Well, I think it's going to be on the cable networks yep. that pick it up, and I think it's going to be seen throughout Kansas, but kansasshrinebowl.com, uh, if you if you want to watch it over the Internet, is, yep. is also a way that can be done. Yep. You know, you spoke about the Dallas Cowboys. Deuce Vaughn now plays for the Dallas Cowboys. How does Kansas State go about replacing him? Well, that is a big question, uh, a big question, and I think it's going to be done in a different way. You can't replace Deuce Vaughn and the capabilities he had. He was like a wild card at a game of cards. Like He could do whatever the defense didn't want him to do, whatever K-State needed to do. When he lined up as a slot and ran an out route, he was the best wide receiver K-State had. Uh, unbelievable hands, great route running, understanding of concepts. He could pick up blitzes if they needed him to do that. He could run between the tackles. He had explosiveness. Uh, and he understood football so well. And he was humbled, all those things. So he's really hard to replace. But you know how you do it, in my opinion, is you make up for it in other areas. It's a team game. So it's the offensive line and blocking unit doing the blocking first and then the running back reacting. Well, I would say, if you guys go back and look at the film last year, K-State's offensive line, where they ended up finishing the year, was completely different than where they were, say, the two-lane game. They had really grown and gotten better and they were a legitimate big-time offensive line. They chose to come back, and as starters, you get all five guys back. And then you got some guys who really developed behind them who are ready to be and should be, could be starters for most teams. I think you replace them. Great question. One of the big questions for K-State this year, I think you're going to do it by being a better blocking unit, opening up the holes just slightly bigger, and then you're going to have to have a two-back system. And you're going to rely on a transfer, which I guess is nowadays is, is yeah. you know, here, here comes a transfer from Florida State. Giddens back there as well. Those two guys need to do a, a good job playing football. But I think it's replaced by the offensive line. What happens if every guy blocked their guy one inch further? Yep. How big would the hole be? Right. And I think the passing game is going to be under control. Another way that you uh, would answer this question is the quarterback can get you into the best play. And you got the smartest quarterback in Will Howard in the country. Yep. In the country. No one understands football better than Will Howard. Not only because he's a veteran, because he's that smart. So when he's out on the field, if he sees a certain linebacker leaning a gap out of where he could be, maybe he checks to a play that's a little bit better. The big offensive line gets after it. And we may be talking at the end of the year, hey, they didn't miss Deuce Vaughn that much. Look at the production in the running game. Well, I'll say we did miss Deuce Vaughn, but the offensive line, and great quarterback play in audibleizing. I think that can make a difference. I do think we're going to be able to run the football so effectively because the offensive line is going to do the job. An interesting, uh, I think, character trait for this season, because following the Climate's first year in 2019, you lost to Navy, a group of five team in a bowl game. In the COVID year, they lost to Arkansas State. Last year, they lost to Tulane. You're playing another strong group of five opponent this year, Troy, who's probably going to be preseason top 25 or at least close to it. 
do you get a little, uh, I guess, paranoia about this group of five curse a, <laughs> a little bit that's kind of big climbing? And, uh, you know, at least a little Well, you put me in a real you. bind here because you're talking about curses. You know, I'm a guy who loves uniforms, okay, oh, okay. And, and certain things. So anytime I see the white helmets, I cringe a little bit. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, hey, Tulane was a great football team. Yep. And, and people really didn't understand. They played right here in this stadium yep. to finish yep. off the year yep. unbelievably well against USC in the Cotton Bowl. And uh, I know Willie Fritz so well. I covered his games. I did a lot of TV games on Thursday night uh, when he was at Central Missouri. And so I know Willie Fritz very well and his family. And his dad was the head of the NAIA back in the day in Kansas City. So I I know him very well. I know what kind of quality coach he is. But you you shouldn't have mentioned it because people don't want to hear what I think about the white helmets. I'm like, where are the silver helmets? I don't care about some (laughs) other combinations, but keep those silver helmets on. Um, But you have to have your guard up against everybody because the next week you play an SEC team and you cannot start counting the wins up right and so I think you mentioned it very well now it might be the best thing ever that you're just saying we're going to go through a grind guys and we're going to have a game where we're the favorite on opening night you got to get after it and win that game then you got 11 straight weeks it's like an NFL schedule so maybe they just get into the mindset that you better treat Troy just like you treat Houston you, know, you don't know a lot about them. You don't know a lot about UCF in your first conference game, but you better get ready to play. Maybe they can learn from those lessons. You know, I hope so. But I respect every game. It is so hard to win in college football. All right, we interrupt this coverage from Big 12 Media Days in Arlington to tell you about our friends at home field. Unfortunately, I would say this is a slightly too formal event for us to really be rocking the home field gear here. You know, we got to be professional. Cole went a little bit homer with the purple shirt, but that's probably to be expected, you know, playing to our roles here. But if he were truly wearing what he wanted to wear, I'm sure it would be one of the great home field shirts from the new selection that they have. Copper Bowl shirts, all sorts of old school logos, really nice soft material. Uh, It's really the best way that you can go. As far as I'm concerned, boys, it's it's basically all I'm wearing right now in K-State gear. I mean, I came down in a home field shirt in a lavender uh, cocaine willy. home field shirt and then i packed my white uh white comparable shirt you got the dark comparable uh crew neck hoodie so i've got you know, like, we, we were told we, you were getting made fun of by drew for being on light mode as opposed to dark mode earlier right i mean i kind of was too i guess on the board but um i'm the dark guy you're the light guy yeah what that brings yeah that makes sense you know, hopefully i don't mode, spill anything mode. on my white yeah. comparable shirt but i got seven home field shirts in my closet now so uh they're the best when it comes to K-State gear. You guys need to go to homefieldapparel.com and get your K-State selection there. You know, I saw head coach Jerome Tang in an AEU event yeah. rocking some home field. Uh, you yeah, you got to wear it. It's good for Jerome Tang, people. Yeah. yeah, if Jerome Tang's wearing it, I suggest you guys get on board, too. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Talked about the offense earlier, Stan. I mean, you look back to last season, offense was a little bit slow to start the year. What was your biggest takeaway and, and how they got better as the season went on? Was it just the, the offense and play calling with Colin Klein adapting to the group or them adapting to him? Or was it Will Howard largely in, in taking over at the quarterback position because they averaged 3.6 points per drive with Will Howard at quarterback, which would have ranked fifth in the country on the entire season if it was over the, the course of the year. Yeah, I think that my earlier answer would be the lead component. I don't think the offensive line was a cohesive, yep. dominant group yet. They were working hard, but there was some transition from the year before. And I think their growth throughout the year started working with the results, points per drive, yep. statistics. They all started going, because Deuce Vaughn was a giant yep. factor the whole time. Uh, and there's no reason to be down on Adrian Martinez because the game at Oklahoma yep. was a feature elite right. game for him, an elite game. I think that third down play on the first drive was the biggest play of the game. Yep. He was hit, what, eight yards from a first down, and it was third and long, and somehow he bowls over a few guys and gets a first down, and he never looked back. So this is not like let's bash Adrian Martinez. Right. I wish we could have a replay. I don't know how you guys do this podcast and YouTube work, but I wish you would have me just pop in and act as if you're talking to me last year or have video of us talking last year, because no one was more high on Will Howard at this time last year than me, <laughs> because I believe in him. He is, I told you, he's the smartest quarterback in college football. His accuracy, his uh, throwing with good spiral was not there early in his career. Everyone talks about, well, he's too young. and all. No, no. His ball, if you go back and look at the tape, he didn't throw the spiral as well as he does now. His accuracy wasn't as good as it ended up being this season, so he's an improved player. But he is brilliant, composed, tough, smart, confident. And a team guy such that he taught Adrian Martinez everything he needed to know as fast as he could to beat him out. What quarterback in the country does that? Most of them say, transfer portal, right. here I go. He had so much confidence. He's like, Adrian, go get it, man. I will have a great career at K-State. So when he stepped in, he did up the game because he understood the K-State system way better than Adrian Martinez did. So Adrian did a good job. And that OU game is proof right. of that. Let's don't bash Adrian Martinez. But I was high on Will Howard last year. He has a better throwing capability than Colin Klein. He probably isn't quite as tough as Colin because no one could bleed like Colin did against Miami. And I want to put Colin up there, okay? But Will 
is a lot like Colin Klein, being taught by Colin Klein. He is an unbelievable leader. He understands he will audible to the right play. He'll throw to the right receiver. He'll move safeties. For those that can see us, I have a hand yeah. up here. He'll move the safety off the hash to open up Ben Sennett over here for a pass down the middle, and it'll say, oh, it's just a play call. No, it's not just a play call. If he wouldn't have maneuvered that safety with his eyes, that play wouldn't have opened up. And the other thing you notice in his confidence and his knowledge, think about how often he looks downfield. I mean, how many college quarterbacks and pros have high completion percentage, but what do they do? They look for the first guy open, seven yards downfield, hope he can break a tackle and run. Think about and go back and watch your video from last year, how often Will's throwing the ball 20 yards downfield, 15 yards downfield, and further. He believes I have the advantage. I'm going to attack you, and it's just an unbelievable understanding. So I have a lot of confidence in him, and I was the one crazy guy who did last year at this time. Well, Chris Kleiman had always said that, you know, he's the best backup quarterback in the country. And then on game days, just a lot of people didn't see it, so they didn't necessarily believe it. But we talked with Wyatt Thompson. We had him on earlier as well, just about how brilliant Will Howard is. I mean, he had offers from all the Ivy League schools coming out of Pennsylvania. And is that what you would say is his biggest strength, is really just his, his ability to maneuver defenses and the, the mental capacity? Yeah, the mental side is, you know, you don't want to give too much credit to it because – Having played, I'm telling you, it's a very athletic game. Yeah, It's a super athletic game because you can't just maneuver 21 other guys with your mind right. and get things done. So I can't go, hey, it's just the mental side. But what separates him from many others is that ability. You're starting with a pretty good place, though. Six foot five. Yeah. What, 235, 250, Maybe whatever more, number. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he's not like... Doug Flutie, little right. dude who's running around. Do people know who Doug Flutie is still? Oh, maybe yeah, not yeah, I think maybe so. There's some commercials. He's on some old least, man commercials. At least we do, yeah. Okay, so, you know, he's not an undersized little guy. Uh, he's a big old dude. Uh, I think the thing that changed most, because he's been super smart, even when he was a youngster and you go back and watch the tapes as a young player and say, well, he had a losing record as a starter. Why wouldn't we be concerned? All those things. Uh, I would say he's, he had the same brain. It's obviously advanced. But his accuracy... His spiraling of the football, uh, they, they came in kind of like knuckleballs once in a while, and really hard for the receivers to catch. Now he's starting to strike the ball on the up number if you're going upfield or where it needs to be. I think his accuracy has really grown. Obviously, the mental side of it is. But now he's got also got a connection. Uh, you know, I think Courtney Messingham can take a lot of heat from certain people, and I'm not in that camp. I thought he did a fine job as offensive coordinator. He helped teach Colin Klein a lot of things. But Collins' connectivity and thinking along with Will Howard is a greater connection. Because the thing that Colin Klein definitely brings, and I know Collins so well and his family, and I talk, I've talked to Colin when he was a player. I was his mentor in a college of business. I officially was even talking to him about real life and, and, and school and academics and things like that. The thing that Colin understands that we would get into, morph into is the quarterback talk. Like what it really meant to be out there on the field when you got hit and your arms numb. or the guy missed the block, and what do you say to him? And how do you keep the team going? Will Howard has caught the advantage. Being so smart, he's a sponge with this coach. And so those two guys, one plus one equals five with yeah. them. He's taking everything Collins delivering. And the best compliment I can give to Will Howard is a coach will say something, uh, especially like Adrian Martinez is there, and you're trying to teach him some rules. And I'll just make up something and say, okay, if we're on the left hash and we see this defense – don't ever throw the ball to the left side. Just keep this simple. We're never going to go to the left side, look to the right. And okay, 
That's good. It makes the decision tree easier for Adrian Martinez. Then, in practice or in a game five weeks later, here's Will Howard. The same defense lines up, and Will Howard throws it to the left side. And you're thinking, well, what, did he break a rule? And Colin would say, oh, no, he didn't break a rule. He knew I said that when we were playing that team that week only because their safety is an All-American. And that's why I said, do not look to the left. Will never gets mixed up about what shade of gray you're talking about. Yep. He will even take rules that you tell him and apply them differently. And all Colin says is, I hope I told him that, but I'm not sure I did. He did exactly what I wanted because every week you assimilate new information. He's able to go back four weeks or two years ago on stuff he learned. Maybe Courtney Messingham taught him something, and he sees it in the game, and he takes advantage of it. And with the limited hours we have now with players being able to be around yeah. coaches, Colin Klein's sitting there going, yeah, I think I told him that. I hope I told him that. But that is brilliant interpretation. So it really helps him that Will Howard now is around a quarterback who really understands quarterbacking. Uh, and so it's just been – a great mesh between those two. The other thing, though, we got to say, because it's not with the Will Howard show, it's K-State football, right? Yep. They got the best quarterback room they've had in a long, yeah. long time. There was Michael Bishop and then Jonathan Beasley were together uh, in, in a 97 yep. season, a 98 season. So I don't want to discount that. And then L. Roberson came in with Jonathan Beasley. Okay, we've had good quarterback rooms, but think about it, guys. This is not just the Will Howard show. The quarterback room is really, really strong. And Colin Klein is doing a great job of making each and every one of them better. And he goes to everyone, even Laura, and says, why can't you be the starting quarterback? Let's do what's best for you to be the greatest player you can be. And each one of those quarterbacks understand he cares so much for him individually, but he'll do no, do no favors to them over others. We are very fortunate to have Colin Klein, Chris Kleiman. Think how many quarterbacks he's got in the NFL. Yeah. Let's don't discount what he did. But the quarterback room is incredible because each of them know Colin loves him is truthful with them and doing everything he can. We're developing the whole group. Yep. We are truly it's all those guys are getting better every day. And that's what's remarkable in the era of the transfer portal. Like these guys know Will Howard's the guy and then Avery Johnson, the star studded incoming freshman, but Jake Rubley sticks around, Lara sticks around. Like none of these guys enter the portal. You got a bunch of guys back throughout the roster entering year five, year six. You know, the culture in this program is something else. Like a lot of these yep. guys usually would enter the portal by now or be done with college football, but they all stick around. Yes, um, culture is a word that some may feel is past. You know, culture can't, you got to rebuild your team every year. Yeah. But if you can get culture, it is so valuable. And that's where Chris Kleiman deserves so much credit. He has done this at North Dakota State where you had so many good players and such high expectations year after year after year. Why didn't kids just leave North Dakota State and transfer? Just go think about the quarterback room that he had put together up there. Yeah guys that are in the NFL now. Somehow he has been able to work with culture throughout winning and guys beating other guys out and them not giving up and taking off. So it's really, Chris Kleiman has done a great job of that around the whole roster at K-State. That doesn't mean there's not some kids who leave, but it's always been that way. But in a quarterback room, Coach Kleiman, is, he's involved with those quarterbacks. So I look at him and Colin Klein together as a team being able to provide something that m most others can't. Colin Klein, I know him so well, is brutally honest. Yep. He would never say, you're good at that if you weren't good at it. And he always has your best interests in mind, and each of those players know it. So will they all stay forever? You know, maybe not. But uh, Coach Kleiman values them. 
calling Klein values them, but they're being pushed every day. And then if you got guys who care about the team, which is you got type A quarterbacks, right? I mean, normally it's me or you, right? Uh, and I don't like you because yeah. it's me or you. And then if it's three of us, it's like, I don't like either one of you. Yeah. That's how quarterbacks think. Will Howard put the best foot forward. He helped Adrian Martinez beat him out. So none of the other three guys below him look at Will as other than a great example of it's your time now, but you will help us, and why wouldn't we help you? You set the tone that our career is not over because people don't know our name, or I'm not going out there as a starting quarterback. So Will Howard as a player, as a human being, deserves a lot of credit. He probably set K-State's tone for maybe five years about how a quarterback room should be done, the way he laid out the red carpet for Adrian Martinez, and took the heat from the fans. And I'm not bashing the K-State fans. It's just when he was walking around, there weren't a lot of people going, I can't wait till you're the starting quarterback. You, and he didn't let that affect him at all. So fighting through all of that, he has taught Rubley a ton. And he's already teaching a young freshman in Avery a lot. So we've been very fortunate to have the head coach, the offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, and now Will Howard. I think K-State football, like North Dakota State, is ready to do it year after year after year. Because the word you mentioned, culture, is still a part of K-State football. And credit to K-State fans. Anybody who's listening to this right now, the culture around K-State's family. Look at Jerome Tang. He bought into it. He knows it's different when you go to Brambridge and when you go around Manhattan and they care. We have a chance to have excellence year after year after year in a time in society with NIL, transfer portal, you shouldn't. It should be all over the board. I mean, even OU bounced last year. So knowing all of that, how much consternation, fear, a little paranoia did you have when Colin Klein kind of flirted with Notre Dame for just a moment? Yeah, there's there's no (laughs) doubt. Things never stay the same, but every day they do uh, is is a a greater smile on my face. You know, I, I, you look at K-State basketball. Uh, you know what you got in a Jerome Tang. And then you look at his staff and his assistants. Well, if any of those assistants took off and took another job, I know the business. I know their families. And I would hug them and say, it's been so great working with you at K-State. And I can't wait to stay in touch with you when you move on. But a big side of me is like, darn it. Yep. This guy was good. And I got to know him and love him and believe in him. So it's the same thing. Colin, it's times 50 for me. Right. Because Colin and Shaylin and, you know, my son Stanton and my son Landry are great friends with both the, the Klein, Kyle yeah. and Colin. They're, like, they're best friends. And even though Stanton moved, so he's not there, I've still, all these years, Colin's been around. And it's just so much fun. Plus, I know he's a great coach. Love to have him on the staff. I know what he brings. So, yeah, I definitely was going, <laughs> I hope he stays, I hope he stays, I hope he stays. But when they leave, you know, my hand's the first out there to shake their hand because they're in tough careers and if you get a chance and you decide to go every coach I say man it's been great working with you and Brent Venable's the head coach at OU I did the same thing when he left K-State he's like darn it Bob Stoops we can just go down the whole list Colin maybe times 10 or 20 to me because I have been there and watched him grow up yep what, what do you think, you talked about the offensive line being such a key strength for this team. Is, is there an area, whether it be offense or defense, that you view as a, a bigger point of concern for you heading into the season? Well, I think the things that, um, if, if, you, if the word's concern, I don't know, but if you're wanting to compete at a level to win a national championship or win a Big 12 conference, you know, where is that question mark 
because you're only as good as your weakest yep. link. Okay, so Eli Huggins and the work he did uh, inside was just, you know, everyone now knows about the greatness because we're sitting here 10 yards from where he stuffed right. the play against yep. TCU in a championship, right? But before that, did everyone value what Eli Huggins brought? So yeah. do we have the depth of guys to be able to play that position for all 65 to 80 defensive plays? You know, I think Daniel Green, there's ways of making up for it, right? I think Daniel Green coming back is a giant story that takes a little pressure off that because if it's the front six or front seven, they do kind of all work together, mm-hmm. okay? So if you're not quite as good at nose guard, maybe you're really, really good with a veteran linebacker. I think Daniel Green coming back is a giant story. But I do have to respect that every year is a new year, and even though Chris Kleiman and Joe Klanderman are unbelievable secondary coaches and safety coaches specifically case he's playing with three safeties and just because the last two years they pulled the rabbit out of the hat with every transfer working and playing at a high level uh we got to do it all again i mean you really do have and now we we really ended the year with a couple of really good cornerbacks yeah at the end of last year echo boyda really upped his game julius brents is an nfl type player those two guys maybe didn't start the year as dominant but they ended the year that way so let's just say the whole secondary but i always want to talk about the safeties because bringing them in and getting them online they have to be great linebackers if the running plays on their side because you still have a front seven it's just when the ball snapped you start with six three 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 front but you still actually have seven and then an eighth. It's just who needs to get there, who has gap responsibility. So I am not going to take for granted that he's going to plug and play this next group. I mean, I'm going to give him a little room, and Troy's a big-time game, number two, yeah. Missouri. So if you ask me where, how great will K-State be, it's going to be how well does that secondary step it up yep. and how well will they run the football. Those are the two things. I think I feel really comfortable about the offense because we can skin the cat. We could go no back and throw the ball every down and gain four yards passing the ball. It's moving the ball, scoring. I think Colin and Will can do that with that offensive line no matter what. But we'll be good running the ball. On defense, how many of those new guys are going to be ready to roll and play at a high level? How much time will they need to step it up to the next level and the next? But they don't have help. You know, their left guard can help the left tackle yeah. sometimes. Right. But out there, that safety's on an island. And if the other team's attacking you and you're not quite good enough, you know, then you got some issues. So I think the secondary, especially the safeties, can Coach Klanderman and the head coach, Chris Kleiman, can they make those safeties function at a high level quickly? If we do, we don't have very many weaknesses. Yep. That, that sound familiar? That's what I we were talking with Wyatt. And I said, the way I see the season, I think – with Colin Klein and Will Howard and experience you have an offense, I think the offense is good enough to repeat in the Big 12. It's how quickly can the defense get up to speed because I think they're probably plugging a few more holes and probably guys that they're going to count on, more guys that they'll be able to count on. They probably haven't seen a ton of snaps, at least at K-State just yet. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And it's fun to see those guys develop. Like I'm just saying, is it a good example? Mm-hmm. Offensive line on a 1 to 100, whatever number you give them, and at the end of the year, if we give them a 90, I mean, they weren't Georgia or Alabama, so I'm going to give a great heart, okay? But if you had a a 90 offensive line at the end of the year, what were they in the first few weeks? I mean, I don't don't think they were anywhere close. They came together. They found their way. And it it was so much fun to see those guys. It was so much fun to count. People didn't count on Will Howard, and you couldn't count on the offensive line. But what about game eight, nine, ten? We just took it for granted. Our offensive line's good. 
and that quarterback's dealing out there. We will be talking about some guys doing that this year, and I hope it's that secondary going, didn't know a lot about them. Yeah. And I hope Garber continues to grow, and he's so fast. You know, fastest guy on the team. It's unbelievable. He's out here against TCU yeah. practicing for like 10 days yeah. in the secondary. Are you kidding me? Joe Klanderman, what are you doing teaching these guys and Coach Malone out there? Uh, so that's secondary. How fast will they develop? You don't want to stub your toe early because UCF seems like a non-con game. Yeah. But it's one of the nine. And, and Missouri is a really good receiver unit. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so they'll be tested. <laughs> exactly, he's not going to drop the ball every time this year. Yeah, Luther, you know, last Luther, year he yeah. Luther. Uh, yeah, I kept saying to everybody because I talk a lot about college football in general, right? And I was just like, "You're looking at the wrong guy." The other Missouri receiver is a superstar, and guess what he did? Little up from Missouri and transferred to Georgia. Yeah. yeah. So when you when you're watching Georgia play this year and you go, "Who's the great? Who's that great receiver? Love it out there." I'm telling you, he was way better when we played him last year. But Luther's going to step it on up. And they got Theo Wees from Oklahoma. They, we can't overlook them because it's an SEC school, but more importantly, it's a local rivalry that we have a chance from a fan's point of view, and we set the tone. The social media, <laughs> the feelings you have. Yep. Remember I talked to you, I like uniforms. I also think what the fans think is a lot of times what the players do. Yep. So if you're intense and you're ready and you respect this game, then the team will do the same. Do you ever feel that way? Yeah, no. I, I do think. about my teams, yeah. and I'm sitting there going, Mizzou was embarrassed by K-State. Yeah, and and K-State fans might say, oh, wow, we're way better than them. No, no, new season, we're going to get the best version of Mizzou. They were not strong-willed when they had to delay. Yeah. They didn't react well to it, okay. and it's hard being on the road. We kicked their asses, okay? <laughs> but that has nothing to do with this year, and Mizzou's going to bounce back. And so I, you got to respect that game. If we go in with fire in our eyes, we'll take care of business. Yep. If we go in thinking, and if you're just texting and tweeting and on social media with all your Mizzou buddies and saying, we're way better than you, you know what your Mizzou buddies are going to say? I agree. Yeah. They're going to bait you right into it. I know Missouri fans. Yeah. They're not going to brag and say, we're going to beat you. They're going to nah, Mizzou, we'll blow it. But you better be ready to play them. So uh, that's going to be a big time. Troy, Mizzou, out of three non-con games, it's a pretty tough schedule. Do, do Missouri fans exist, Stan? I never see them around Kansas City anymore. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't think I see Missouri Tiger license plates hardly ever. Well, ever it's since not it. been easy you know, <laughs> to, to just be objective and fair. Think about this. Mizzou is so excited about an NCAA tournament basketball team, uh, the coaching job that was done by a rookie coach. They are so excited. And then you just ask the question to anybody's objective, even a Missouri fan, of KU, K-State, and Mizzou, how would you rank your coaches? And they would come in third. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, you're going to build self Jerome Tang. And you again, when they had something yeah. good happen, it's like, yeah. ah, darn it, Jerome Tang just passed us right up. Yeah. So it, it, I, I know a lot of Missouri fans, but they are the <laughs> hardest on their team yeah. of anybody. But we need to be focused on our team. Hopefully we'll fill the place up. Yeah. Because Mizzou's like, ah, oh, man, home game. They're going to bring, what do they have, a 60,000-seat stadium, 65? Yeah, too many for them. Yeah, so, they're going to bring a strong 45. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if we roll in and fill the place up and start I, rocking it, it will really be I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's 10,000 K-State fans because it's a trip should they be. haven't been on, and I'll be there. I mean, the it, Kansas it City be. market of K-State fans will make the trip. Um, this game you know, means a lot. Yeah, it Not does. just because it's a non-con, not because of the momentum. Because what you don't want to do is have lost to Missouri, because it'll be a surprise yep. to the players and to the fans. And then now we got UCF. Last year when we lost to Tulane, one of the best things that ever happened to us is OU. Yep. Every player, I'm telling you as a player, 
It didn't matter what happened last week. When your next game's OU, your brain just gets erased, and you go, oh, crap, I am going to have to bring it to have a chance to compete with these guys. It was the best cleansing thing after Tulane. If you lose to Missouri, it's not the best cleansing thing to hear you're playing UCF. Yeah. Because even though we may study UCF and go, this is a conference game, and they're pretty darn good, and they got a good quarterback, and Gus on as the coach, does it sound scary to hear UCF at home? What will the parking lot talk be at the great tailgate party at Bill Snyder Family Stadium? Oh, I can't believe we lost to Mizzou. Will anybody be talking about UCF? No. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. So Missouri's game is so important just so you can completely focus on UCF and go, okay, we're done with non-con. Now we got to up our game and, and set the tone in the conference and set the tone against these new four teams. It's a reset. Remember when you reshuffled the deck and Nebraska goes, oh, we're playing Northwestern, and Northwestern started beating them? And when K-State started beating Texas, no Southwest Conference teams would beat Texas because yeah. they'd be scared to death. Yeah. We didn't know any better. We started beating them. You need to go teach this year for K-State. We need to go to UCF and play the UCF game and the Houston game at home and go on, we're better than you. Just get in your mind right now for the next 10 years. When you play us, you're not going to win. Yeah. You do not want to give them life as rivals. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know if this is all making sense. But no, it, it It's makes football sense. season, man. You're giving me passion yeah, right yeah. here. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. What a, I mean, we talked about the D-line and Eli Huggins being gone. Uso Simello hopefully can step in at the nose tackle position and, and perform and give him a lot of meaningful snaps. But also at D-end, Felix Anudike Uzama is gone. What's the significance of Khalid Duke to this football team and him moving back to the defensive end position and how vital of a role he can play in getting after the quarterback? Well, all the things that you're talking about are icing on the cake for me. Okay. Um, I think that no matter what he does, if he stays healthy – He's going to be a solid, legitimate Big 12 player. And at, every time you can put one of those down at one of your you know, 50 snaps a game, it's good. But he has a chance to pop. Yeah. And he's actually more of a natural pass rusher than Felix and Yudike Uzama is. Felix worked hard, grew, took the coaching, did an amazing job. Awesome that he's a chief first-round pick. But Duke, Khalid, is more natural. Yeah. And if he could just stay healthy... The closer you get him to the line of scrimmage, the more comfortable he feels. And so I think it's it's great if it works out. He has to do what K-State needs. Having a solid starter, even if he's lining up five yards off the ball, he will play that role and it will help us win. But if we can free him up and say, you don't have to line up out there, we can line you up at the line of scrimmage, then K-State's team takes a big step forward. And if he doesn't get ten sacks, we're going to be fine with him playing. But he might blow it up. He may look, you may look at the sack totals and go, what the heck just happened? How do we forget 
how great he played. Remember, Navy was his coming out party. We had to change up our defense against yeah. the wishbone and the triple option. Here's he was out there running around so athletically before he got hurt. So that makes sense to me. I look at him as if, if he pops, the league just shaking their head like, "Are you kidding me?" We didn't know about this guy. If he plays solidly, K State will win a lot of games. But he may turn into a pass rushing superstar. He has that chance to do it. I always I said to Wyatt, I think about the OU game in Norman in the COVID season. He had two sacks, I think, and he was just yeah. running free all over there, chasing guys down, high motor. Yeah. And uh, I think about that, and I think he's a natural. He he's got the right body weight distribution. Yeah. Like he can wear the uniform and look look good as a linebacker. You know, um, if you're looking at beautiful football bodies, that's for me. Anybody that has a helmet on, it's a beautiful football body. But those linebackers, you know, that six foot three, two hundred and thirty-five, like they're models to me. You know, like, yeah. whoa, you're fast, you're big, you're strong. Well, if you just take some of that weight and move it down toward the belly button, to slightly above the knee, and just put a little extra in there in the bottom, yeah. and you got speed. Somehow that works well against those tackles. Yeah. Somehow there's that pressure point. I didn't play on the offensive line or defensive end, but you can just see, like, at one point where they break you down for a split second means you don't get to the quarterback. But somehow he doesn't get broken down. Yeah. And if he's fully healthy, he's fast, he's got the right kind of body type, and he is a natural pass rusher. I look at Felix as just a great project of saying – I'm going to buy in and do everything I can to be as good as I can, and he went all the way to being a first-round draft choice. Great credit to him in his belief and great coaching. Yep. Khalid is like a has more natural capabilities. If you just yep. unleash him and stay healthy, yep. uh, I'm really excited about him, but not counting on him. Like Eli Huggins last year, I counted on him. Yep. Like You're going to battle those two dudes all game long. I don't know which guard it's going to be, but the center and the guard are going to have to worry about you all day and I'm tr trusting in that done deal, okay? And I think Khalid could do that at whatever position he plays. But uh, if he becomes explosive, now K-State's going to ramp it up a whole nother level. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, to put a bow on this, Dan, do you have a record prediction for K-State? Too early to, to go on the record with uh, where you think things are going to fall? Texas, obviously, preseason number one team in the Big 12. K-State number two, highest they've been picked in really 20-plus years in the, the preseason Big 12 poll. Where schedules aren't equal this year, yeah. so you really got to look at the schedules and start splitting the hairs. And if you give too conclusive a response right now, you, you got to be just a little bit careful because yeah. everyone's going to say, well, you said. Um, and I think just to talk around it like we're all thinking it through, Oklahoma has a pedigree of knowing how to win championships. Their schedule lays out very, very well. Yep. So if they start rolling – and they're five and zero and six and zero and 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 it, so okay they play Texas. What happens if and the Texas game is not who the best team is. It's all over the board. Yeah. I mean Oklahoma's always way better than Texas, and the game comes down to the end of the game, right? What happens if OU beats Texas by one and they're undefeated? Look at their schedule. They may be seven and zero, and it does. They could really work their way through and be a champion or a second place team. And you go, oh, I didn't think they were as dominant as K State. And I, I would agree with that. K-State's not playing OU. Yeah. We could be better than OU, and they could have a better conference record. Yeah. That, that's just how I right. can see it sequencing. So I'm a little bit careful about that. The other thing before we um, advance K-State too quickly is they play Texas, and the last time K-State won against Texas was 2016. Right. Now, I just talked about that. If you put in the minds of everybody on your team that you're going to win and the opponent that they're going to lose, you're like, crap's going to happen. 
Texas played two unbelievable games in Manhattan recently, right? They played an unbelievable first half last yes. year. And then two years before that, they put on a show. Yeah. Yeah. They put on a show. And there's nothing K-State could do about it. Okay? But other than that, most of these games have been close wow. as heck. And you go, how did we lose? A couple of them in Austin just felt ridiculous. like should have won. Definitely. Better team, even as the game unfolded. Um, you know, I can see the snap being missed on a rainy day in 2015. And, and Stanton's on the punt return team. And no one's going back toward the punter yet. And he's fumbling the ball around he turns mm-hmm. and kicks a low liner instead of them losing the ball and us getting up there 40 or something that should have happened if it no he th- drives it down to like the eight yard line yeah you know in a super close that. game and yeah. the, the game after thanksgiving i still want to throw up like how did we all those fourth and ones misses and uh, I, I, we were better than texas so point is we haven't beat him in austin since 2011 and k-state has not won against texas since 2016 and the game's in austin so that you have to respect the fact that we got to jump up over a little hurdle that isn't, you know, it's not a straight track. It's got a, it's going to be a hurdle mentally, physically, uh, to beat Texas. So I don't sit here and go nine and zero or just snap right. my fingers and go eight and yeah. one. So you, you start, you got to look in the conference and go six and three, seven and two. Yeah. That's where I'm expecting them to be. If you get through Missouri, uh, you know, you'd love to be ten and two. But who would? spit at a nine and three season if we start doing that then we are shooting our own foot. yeah yeah you know what i'm saying yeah i refuse to say well you were picked second it's a disaster you only went nine and three yeah now that would be a success but we hopefully texas will blow a tire like they always do and they're not the best in the league and suddenly who is the best and why couldn't it and shouldn't it be k-state yeah I mean, I could see Oklahoma and K-State playing in the Big 12 championship game. Well, I would love that, Stan. I mean, K-State's won three of the last four against OU. They don't get them on the schedule this year, so that would be a great way to uh, continue Wouldn't be a great that. way to say goodbye-bye to the Oklahoma Sooners uh, yeah. and with a, a win. K-State. I love beating someone for the last time that you play them. Yeah. Like Missouri, that's game. this game's really important to me because I'm not sure the next time we play Mizzou, yeah. but I want bragging rights, and I yeah. like we have bragging rights over Oklahoma right now. Yeah, yeah. They're Oklahoma's kryptonite right now. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you, you know how happy Oklahoma is not to have K State on their schedule. Right? I, I, I was bummed when that didn't happen. Would love to. Stick and they were going to have to come to Manhattan. So. Yeah, I know. You know, you know I mean, quietly, just to put a note on this too. Is I, I don't really love Oklahoma State this year, but they have a nice schedule. Whew. Yeah, they're Mike Gundy is a very very solid coach, and I think if we'd have talked about this last year at this time, I think everyone who's listening or watching would jump on board and go, he's a super quality coach. I mean, he, he's right up there when you talk about who's the best coach in the Big 12, you might look toward Mike Gundy. But last year, recency bias is always in our face. Things yep. didn't go Oklahoma State's way. And when K-State lit them up, <laughs> broke them on that beautiful day, yep. um, now we wonder, like, well, how good is Oklahoma State? You point out something very, very well. If Oklahoma State starts, and you look at their schedule, starts making some moves, they can take the momentum quickly. Who's mentally ready to be good? TCU can handle it, and Baylor can handle it, because yep. they've done it in the last couple years. So Oklahoma can definitely put on the suit of, hey, we're good this year. Texas, you almost have to challenge your mind to say, are they ready? But we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. K-State, OSU, those are the six teams, if I'm thinking of it right, that if things start going well, it's not going to be too big for them in game eight and nine and 10 and 11 and 12 to go, we're playing at a higher level. Yeah. So look for some teams to get the momentum and be a little more concerned about them. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma are two of those teams. Yeah. 
Well, hopefully we're down here talking again in early December. Uh, back Can you get me a stadium. shot in the end zone if we do that? Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. security will probably be a little different. <laughs> we'll yeah. sneak down here at the end zone and say, welcome back to AT&T Stadium. For the third straight year, the Cats are playing here. For the second straight year as Big 12 champion participants. And uh, I don't care if it's Texas or Oklahoma. There will, that we may have the place packed with Texas Tech fans, Iowa State fans. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Big 12 will make – Yormack will make a call out and say, we need this place packed because we do not want Oklahoma or Texas to win this yeah. game against K-State. Yeah. We'll yeah. have everybody yep, coming down. And uh, the K-State fans, how awesome was it last year? Yeah. I mean, TCU is, what, 20 miles from here? Yeah. 20 miles, and we had more fans than they did down here. It was a, it was a great atmosphere. We were here uh, in the stands. I think we were, we were up there in the, that mezzanine level, and uh, the game-winning field goal was kicked – on this, uh, these uprights right here. Oh, that's right. If I looked yeah. up, the ball be flying right yeah, over my head right, right now. Now the question is, is did you watch the video screen more or the video. field more? Video screen because I, I it's needed like the perfect the, I needed, TV. Yeah, I needed the angle too to just be able to see it go through, and you know, from those corner seats, it, it's just hard to yeah. see. So well, it's also if you haven't been here, it's sixty yards long. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect uh, HD dimensions, yeah. right? Just like your TV at home. But it's 60 yards long yeah. and clearer than any TV I've seen. Yeah. So uh, I've been here to Dallas Cowboy games, K-State games, and it's funny to I, – I not want to play no, – in K-State, I'm watching the field. But when I'm at a Dallas game, to watch a number of the fans from halfway up to the top of the stadium, they're all watching the scoreboard. Yep. yep. The video board yeah. and, and not the field. Yeah, I could totally see how that would easily happen. So, well, Stan, hey, we appreciate it. Appreciate you coming on. Color analyst, K-State Sports Network, 37-year coming into this season can't wait for it let's get another big 12 championship let's in the do books. it man go cats can't wait to see the k-state fans in the parking lot for game number one all right thanks stan thank you thank you for listening to kc sports network we appreciate your support don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard you can find all six of our channels covering the chiefs royals sporting kc and the kc current plus ku K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.